are now locked in and listening to The Issue. This guy is a franchise quarterback, and no, I don't want to hear any pushback on that. It, it feels like a top 10 roster to me. It feels like it can win a championship. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue. It is Thursday, October 27th, and it is another episode of The Issue. Um, first week streaming uh, last week was Amazon Music, Amazon Prime Video. Right. Sorry, is there a new words kind of escaped the brain there for a second. Wait, is there so, a new one this week, too? Turns out all of our past shows are now there. So you can go oh, listen to cool. our whole library, just kind of transferred right over. Didn't even know how that process worked, but everything is there, just to reiterate that. Um, good show today. So Tim's going to start out with a rant on the Steelers. Kind of an interesting Sunday night primetime game last week. And a lot of big stories and, as you guys, takeaways, outlook for the season type stuff. Um, right. And then right. hits and misses to finish out the first segment. Uh, in the second segment, it will be all review of week seven from the NFL. And then in the third, we will predict week eight and give you week eight bets on a budget. Um, so good show, packed show, and a lot of NFL to talk. Is anyone else gonna be cracking my knuckles in the intro there? Yeah, I had to. I just it's like a I feel like I'm almost stretching. You know what I mean? I gotta gotta warm up a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. just get like the a, joints. It's like a force of habit. Um, so anyway, Steelers lose Sunday Night Football. What 16-10? I think the final score ended up being. Standalone games generally cause like major overreaction, especially you know early than that next week, right? Overreaction Monday. Um, obviously it's Thursday. Now we've had some time to kind of soak it in, I guess. Um, and I'm, I'm better than that. I'm not one of those guys who's going to come on here and just and freak out, say, you know, we got a clear house. Kenny's not the guy. You know, starting Mitch Trubisky again. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying anything crazy like that. But I will say I feel the same way about the Steelers as I did going into this football game and kind of going into the season as well. Right? I think Mike Tomlin is an all-time motivator. But from an X's and O's standpoint, I think the argument is that he needs a great coordinator. He needs a great staff in order to be successful. I mean, let's look at the only Super Bowl season that, that Tomlin has, right? When they beat, um, when they beat the, the the Cardinals with uh, you know Santonio Holmes back in the end zone, right? Well, shocker, he had probably the very best coordinator tandem in the league. He had Bruce Arians, who went on to go win a Super Bowl as a head coach himself, and Dick LeBeau, who's probably a top five defensive coordinator of all time. And, I mean, clearly this this team doesn't have like a bad staff around him, but it's not that. Right? Like I like Brian Flores, like you know Bush looks serviceable, Miles Jack is money, right? Like he's got some decent. Decent guys on the staff. The defense is, is solid. But, but I mean, I, I think at this point we can kind of say that Matt Canna is not right for the for this position. And I think we can, I think that's a fair assumption at this point. And I, I hate calling for people's jobs, right? Like, that's his lifeblood. I'm not going to be here. It'll, I'll go fire him, right? But I will say how much more do we need to see? I mean, there, there's no clever. I mean, there's, there's no wiggle. There's no interesting. There's nothing to it. Right? Like, there's not even, there's not even an offensive identity. Right, and you need an identity when you don't have a stud quarterback. Like, for example, Buffalo. What's Buffalo's identity? Josh Allen. But that's a that's a damn good identity, right? That's that's okay, right? Same thing with uh, you know the Chargers, for example. They don't really, I don't really know what I'm getting from them on a Sunday to Sunday basis on offense. They got Justin Herbert and some decent weapons, so they'll figure it out. You know, we have Kenny Pickett, who's a rookie, and our offensive line's not good. So you, you need to have some sort of identity. Like, look at what they've done in Philly. You might not love Jalen Hurts, and I don't love Jalen Hurts. But you know exactly what you're getting every single Sunday from him and from that offense. They're going to run the football. They're going to have some good play-action reads. They're going to win the line of scrimmage. 
and you know what you know what you're getting. And something that can't be ignored here is what influence that Tomlin has. And I'm not in the room. I'm not sure what influence he has, but he's got to have some sort of power over the offense. I mean, for example, right? Everybody hated Todd Haley, right? Everyone hated how he he did the same basic draw plays, and and on second and third he'd run a screen, and on third and eight we'd have like a toss to the short side of the field or something like that, right? What are we mad about now? Well, the same basic, boring, vanilla offense. But it's a new coordinator. And I'm not in the room. But what's the common denominator here? It's, it's Tomlin. People are like, oh, it's Ben because he, he won't call the complex audibles. Well, Ben's gone. It's the same thing. It's the same issue, even though Ben's gone. When Ben was hurt for a year and it was Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, yeah, same problem. It's transcended quarterbacks. It's even transcended offensive coordinators. And I, I, by no means do I think Tomlin should be fired. What I'm saying is that that Canada is probably in over his head. Like I said, I don't like calling for jobs, but I mean, I think it's about time for a switch. And I think at this point, he's personally, I think behind closed doors, he'd tell you, I think an offensive coordinator job would be would be great. Because I think he could go get one at a Power 5 school tomorrow. I think he's pretty good at the college level. I mean, at one point he had a, the Pitt team being labeled as, quote, high octane with Nathan Peterman on offense. So, I mean, like, he, he'll be fine. He'd be okay. But what Tomlin needs, he, he's got the motivation, he's got the game management down, right? That's fine. He needs the genius X's and O's, right? That's what he needs. What did Sean McDermott do in Buffalo? I mean, go, go get Brian Dable, probably one of the best offensive minds in the league right now. And by the way, that, that's totally fine. We rely on people all the time. Like, 2% of this podcast, I know how to do from a technological standpoint. I, If you said, hey, you're going to upload this to blah, 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 blah. I would have no idea what I'm doing. That's him. That's not me. But that that's not my bag. That's his. Right? Like I, I sit in, in my living room and watch film for like hours on end and go through like scratch pad after scratch pad just looking at offenses. Right? That's my thing. I, I don't know how to do technology. Right? I mean, you rely on people. Brady's relied on a good receiver play and not getting pressure up the middle. We all know that's how you beat Brady. Right? Goff relied on McVay. Hell, even Mahomes relies on Andy Reid, right? That's just kind of how it goes. Who can Mike Tomlin rely on right now? Who can who can he rely on? Although the Steelers losing on Sunday night, and you know their coaching situation is significantly less serious than the quote I'm, you know, I'm kind of about a quote from Stuart Scott. I'll kind of leave you with this quote because I think it's, I think it talks about the fact that you you need people, right? He said, "Fight like hell, and when you when you get too tired to fight, lay down and rest, and let somebody else fight for you." Now, granted, he's talking about fighting cancer, which is significantly more important. Than a than a Monday night or I'm sorry Sunday night football game, but I think the sentiment is there, right? Tomlin can't do this on his own. I think right now he's on an island. He's never had a rookie uh, quarterback. He's got a rookie quarterback, and he doesn't have anybody there to help him. Nobody. I mean, I'm sorry, Matt Canada's not that guy. He's not. He's not that guy. He's on an island. Mike Tomlin's on an island right now. Yeah, I agree. It's a first time situation here in Pittsburgh. I. Th- it- when you have the stability of a Ben Roethlisberger for so long, you forget what it feels like to be in the shoes of, I'm not going to say Cleveland because the Steelers don't have near the instability that Cleveland has. But From a quarterback standpoint, well, though, Cleveland. Well, yeah, when you're looking around <laughs> and you can't, you're just going to have to kind of suck it up and see who you can find over the next couple of years. I think Kenny Pickett's pretty good from what I saw on Sunday night. He looked good. He could get the ball into some – he was making some really nice throws. That well, throw to Pat Fryermuth over the middle yeah. uh, during the two-minute uh, drill at the end there was really good. Uh, he was fitting the ball into a lot of really tight windows all night. 
And he actually got some plays from his receivers. Yeah. George Pickens makes a nice catch in the end zone. Yeah. Claypool's um, been looking better and better by the week. And Deontay Johnson hasn't been dropping every single ball uh, thrown his way. He's been right. getting more consistent. Um, so I think they do have the pieces, and they're starting to come together a little bit. I'm not sure they've nailed all of them, but they have at least enough. It's just they got to change that playbook up. They need to go something where – you're, you're taking a shot. Like Kenny Pickett's right. there. Take a shot. He's been he's been throwing the ball into the into the right places all night. He hasn't been turning the ball over. Let him take shots downfield. Right. And and here's the thing. Like, I I think I do think Jalen Hurts is better than Kenny Pickett right now. But but from a pure passer standpoint, I don't think the gap is crazy. No. But look what Philly's been able to do. Now, granted, I think they have more talent on offense. But again, I don't think it's a wide margin. No, and I, I don't think it's like Philly here and like Pittsburgh here. And, and look what they've been able to do that, like because Shane Steichen is young, he's progressive. They're, they have a great scheme. They have an identity. Like yeah. I don't think it'd be crazy to say that you can bring something like that to Pittsburgh. And I mean, let's not forget now you have a mobile quarterback in Kenny Pickett. Kenny can get out of the pocket. He can move a little bit. He's not highly mobile. Yeah, he definitely moves. He's yeah. quick. He's yeah. quicker than a Big Ben. Um, so now, like, scheme your offense a little more towards that. It looks like. The only time that Kenny's running the football is when kind of everything breaks apart and he has to get out of the pocket and move. There's not any, like, really designed stuff outside of bootlegs. He's really good on his bootlegs. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing. It's if like, you can move him around a little more and just scheme that offense right. to, to where your skills are at. I feel like it's it, it's still geared to a running attack, and Najee can't and it's move not the even, ball. It's not even a good one. And here's here's what I was going to get at. You Actually, that's a perfect segue. I mean, look what just happened on Monday Night Football. We thought the Patriots were going to demolish uh, Chicago. Right. Of course, Chicago goes and runs for 250 yards. Are we just going to sit here and tell me that Chicago's offensive line is better than Pittsburgh's? I don't think so. I mean, it might be close, but I think Pittsburgh probably has a better line than Chicago. Chicago just ran for 250 on Bill Belichick, right? Good coaches find a way to scheme a numbers advantage. Yeah. So that's what Shanahan's been doing. For a living. Right. That's how he's made a living. You need somebody um, upstairs that has that, yeah, that knowledge. Yeah, absolutely do. Um, I don't know. We'll see if they can turn around. Let's just go with um, let's go with hits and misses here on a Thursday. All right, let's go hit number one. <clears throat> well, we, we, we kind of said this since last year, um, whenever we picked San Francisco over them in the playoffs, but Green Bay is wildly overrated. Their special teams is awful. Their defense is underwhelming. And right now, I don't think the offense under Matt LaFleur is any better than it was with McCarthy. And no. I don't even like McCarthy. Look, I mean, it, what do they what do they do well right now? Nothing, you tell me what they do well. Nothing, and the special teams is really, really glaringly bad. Um, kick return, punt return, doesn't matter what it is. Uh, they just can't get the job done. Aaron is struggling, struggling with those receivers. Um, he's been missing just like a couple. It, it yeah. looks like easy throws, um, throwing the ball to the wrong spot. But then again, is the receiver running the wrong route? Like, what's going on? There's right. too many things up in the air in Green Bay for them to even be considered a, a tough kind of competitive opponent right now right and and so i didn't even think about this until like a couple weeks ago um when colin coward went on and said like i don't i think matt lafleur is overrated like he you know he's basically saying you know point out what he does well and like we kind of lump him in with mcveigh and shannon because he kind of came up with them but like in reality what does he do well like we can see mcveigh sets that culture shanahan right dirty running game great with jimmy g they always have a good defense, even though he's not a defensive guy. Owns McVeigh when they play each owns other. Owns McVeigh, one of the best. Uh, yeah, and McVeigh owns every other coach, and right? Like McVeigh proved it with the Super Bowl, right? What has Lafleur done? He beats the Lions and the Bears, and he gets to the playoffs but doesn't win. So I mean, like, 
It's interesting. I didn't even think about it until he said it, and I'm like, that's that's a good point. It's interesting. I mean, it's something to keep an eye on and to watch. I think one of the biggest things will be, you know, what happens after Aaron and how do they move past kind of this little dip that they're having. Because let's be honest, this is not Green Bay Packer football. It's not. No, and, and I think it's interesting because they're at a similar spot um, to where Tomlin is right now. Obviously, they're they're very different spots their career, but yeah. Tomlin's trying to move on from a – from a legendary quarterback, well, hey, LaFleur is going to be in that spot soon. Yeah, at least Tomlin has an owner. That's true. Tomlin has an owner that he can go to. Um, all right, miss number one here. You had another losing week. Guys, honestly, I don't even think if, – if I was on your end, I think I might pick the opposite of what I say to bet. This has been a, a, an awful <laughs> year. I mean, to be fair, we've had at least one horrific beat every week. Yeah. Um, and usually we're losing like, you know, we're, we're doing two and three, right? And, and the one is like a really bad beat. So, I mean – some of it's luck. Some of it's just, you know, we're, we're picking bad quarterbacks to cover spreads that they should not cover. And, of course, they don't. So, yeah. um, I And, don't and it's not like you can trust the good ones either because what happened to Tom Look Brady, Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Like, and so, so then I start to simplify things and I go, let's just pick the, the better quarterback and the better coach. And it doesn't work. And, of course, this week it didn't work. So, like, what, what are you going to do here, people? We'll figure it out. It's just going to be a matter of when we figure it out. It's uh, really unfortunate. It's starting, it's starting to, to piss me off a little we bit. We need a little more stability throughout the league, I think. Until we can like really start nailing stuff down. Sorry, a little parched. Nice noisy cup today. I, look, I, I so I, I lost the Yeti. You, well, actually, I didn't lose it. it. I think I forgot. <laughs> I think I forgot it. So I think I know where I left it. I know. Anyway, so I hit number two. We did the coaching carousel like game segment thing about. Uh, well, we did it going into this season, and we did it the main one, which was big because there was like eleven coaches or something like that that needed. Um, teams that needed a coach or whatever, uh, and we said that Brian Dable would be the best one. We didn't predict that he would go to the to the Giants. But we said he was the best coach on the market. I think we actually predicted the Chargers because yeah. of um, you know because we thought it'd be an attractive job because of Herbert. Well, yeah, um, he ended up going to New York, but we did say he's the best coach out of this class. He's been fantastic. Yeah, he has been. We ranked the candidates, is what we did, and then we also ranked kind of like the top vacancies, like where you would want right. to go. Right. Um, and yeah, he was at the top, of course. Uh, I mean, it, what he was able to do with Allen, and then now we're seeing him do in, in New York. Daniel with Jones a, with is serviceable. Roster. He made Daniel Jones serviceable, though. Daniel Absolutely. Jones was not serviceable up until now. Oh, you're 100% right. He's making those throws, and it's kind of weird to see, but it's it's working out in New York. And so here's here's my thing. I was talking about this with Pittsburgh. Good coaches find a way to scheme numbers advantages and scheme yeah. people open. I'm sorry, but I'm so far past the excuse of rookie quarterback, bad, head co- or, uh, bad offensive line in Pittsburgh. Look at Ryan Dable. If you're telling me right now, Daniel Jones or Kenny Pickett, I pro- I'll probably take Kenny Pickett. And if you ask me what offensive line, it'd be a toss-up. I mean, they're and not look good what either. And look what they're doing with, with with just about the same exact thing that Pittsburgh has. And Pittsburgh has better receivers and a better tight end. And, and I mean, I don't think, obviously, Saquon is a beast. And I don't want to compare Najee to Saquon. But, but the, they're similar the skill sets. have Najee. And, and at least the offensive line in New York is finding ways to open up some holes for Saquon. And Saquon's right. actually hitting them is the difference. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, they have a very similar, from a skill set standpoint, big, fast, can yeah. jump over people, will yeah. run through people, Stiff can, catch, can catch uh, passes out of the backfield. Yeah, bruisers. Look what they're doing. So, uh, uh, miss number two. I, I kind of thought for years, and well, I mean, pretty much as long as I can remember, that Indy was a well-run organization. But I think this morning, I think they're a bottom five organization. I mean, really, I, I really do. Tell me what they've done well pre-Peyton Manning and post-Peyton Manning. 
Oh, Johnny Unitas. Okay, can we talk like real football, like that not 1950, you know, run the ball 97 times a game football? Leather like, helmet since, football. Since Peyton Manning, and then, uh, so so there's Peyton Manning from like the 90s to like the 2000s, right? So the 80s and before, you know, 80s and 70s and 80s, and then since Peyton, what have the Colts done? Zilch. And now Ursay has his panties in a wad. They're going to they're gonna go ahead and bench Matt Ryan. Uh, look, yeah. you can keep blaming quarterbacks. Go, go ahead and keep blaming quarterbacks. It's not, that's not the problem. Benching Matt Ryan, though, that's kind of a big thing right there. That's huge. But I are they? Well, I don't think they're a well-run organization today. Here comes Sam Ellinger. I mean, this morning, do we think they're a well-run organization? They paid a lot of money to linebacker, to guard. Uh, they can't draft guys on the outside. No. And they keep ripping through quarterbacks and offensive coordinators. You tell me. Does that, sound, that sound like a well-run organization to you? No, it doesn't. It does not. Uh, all right, hit number three. We went on time and time again saying, you know, F it. Let Kenny pick it. You know, let it rip, baby. Let it rip. Um, and then there's going to be growing pains, and he's going to struggle. And, you know, what we need to see what he is. What we've seen exactly, you know, this is exactly what we predicted should happen. Um, they're playing him. They're letting him rip. I mean, three picks, it is what it is. It's growing pains. Um, but he's exactly what we said, right? He's not super special, um, but he looks comfortable. He's going to let it rip a little bit. He's going to push the ball down the field. He's a little bit of a gunslinger. Yeah. He's been exactly what we expected, and then the Steelers have done exactly what I thought they should. Let it rip. See what you got with Kenny Pickett. And if he's not what you're looking for, then you got a good quarterback draft coming up. So Yeah, you can I mean, keep the eye there. Right, this was the right move, and uh, this is kind of what we expected the Steelers to go with. Uh, miss number three, Luke once again totes the tiara. Yeah. Um, I've opened up the lead. I am 5-2 and two on this young season. So, hey, I can predict winners. Maybe we should just start doing money lines on our bets um, um, because clearly I can pick that pretty well. Uh, spreads have been absolutely screwing me, but it's okay. Um, at least I'm 5-2 and two in predictions. You, unfortunately, are 2-5. and five. What do you have to say for yourself, huh? Uh, not a lot. I'm disappointed. Because <laughs> um, not a lot. <laughs> yeah, i got to find a way to turn it around. I'm looking for the, the slip from last year just to prove to myself that I was up by three and you kind of made it close. You know, just make myself feel a little bit better. But uh, I'm going to keep searching for that and hopefully get a couple wins here. Um, I mean, look, I'm, I'm going to make it a requirement today that we have to put at least two money lines and, and bets on the budget. We have to start. Well, somewhere. so so actually, we, <laughs> we have we have um, we have two over unders. Okay. So I mean, maybe that maybe that'll let's help us throw out. in a money line. Maybe. Right, maybe we'll throw in a money line. We'll see. Something like that. Um, all right, and actually, we got a bonus hit today because this is this is a really big victory lap for myself. Um, so I guess the bonus hit number four here. I have had four, five plus rants. Uh, yeah. Now, granted, it hasn't been in a while. It's mostly in the summer, right, when baseball is starting, just starting up. Um, and football is kind of slow, but I said that the Yankees are way too worried about home runs versus uh, strikeouts, when in reality what you really need to look at when you're trying to gauge long-term success is walks versus strikeouts. They don't walk enough. They strike out a lot. And people are like, well, they hit home runs. That's not the stat to look at. It's walks slash on base percentage versus strikeouts, and they are abysmal in that little ratio there. (laughs) And what do you know? They get swept by a... I don't even want to say far superior team. From a talent standpoint, I don't think they're far superior in Houston. Now, I think they're a better team slightly, but with that payroll, you should 100% be able to at least win a game in the ALDS. They got embarrassed. Yeah, they did. Embarrassed. And uh, it's exactly what I thought. I said they can win a lot of games in the regular season. In the playoffs, they're going to struggle when it kind of tightens up and it becomes very situational. What do you know? Can't win a game in the ALDS. I called it. This feels fantastic. I don't like Yankee fans. They're kind of like Browns fans on this show. I like to go at them a little bit. 
Um, so there's my dig for the day to the Yankee fans. There you go. Um, you know, it's always a good day when we can throw in a, a, a extra hit and hits and misses. Yeah, especially just, from baseball. Could kind of kind of spruce that up in there, you know? Infuse something else, you know? Yeah. I mean, I love football season. I love talking all football. But sometimes it feels good to get a little bit of the diamond back into the shell. Um, but, guys, next segment we will have all NFL. We will be reviewing week seven, kind of the big games first. And then, you know, the rest of what happened, all the action, big stories after that. So stick around, not going to want to miss it. All right, we are back for the second segment here on a Thursday. It's the issue. Um, going into, what, week eight now week of the eight. NFL season? Yeah. So we're a little bit under halfway, um, halfway there. So that's <laughs> that just blows my mind. We are um, moving right along. Yeah, I mean, so so last week obviously did our predictions. I'm now up to five and two. Unfortunately, you are two and five. Doesn't um, feel good. But let's go over some of those games that we did watch. Um, if you missed the first segment, go back and watch it. I had a little bit of a rant on the Steelers. Hits and misses per usual review here. This segment, next segment, we'll have our predictions and our bets. Um, just going back to last week, let's actually start with that Steeler game. So here's I, I kind of already explained that. I think it's an offensive scheme issue. Yes. We see other coaches, they're able to scheme and uh, and work the numbers of inch in their favor to run the football, to get guys open. Um, I mean, look, I, so I, we, we, we did this last segment. I compared what is the difference right now between quarterback, offensive line of the, of the Pittsburgh Steelers and of the, the New York Giants? Not much. I don't think it's much either. I don't think the gap is big in either way, right? I don't think Pittsburgh is significantly better. I don't think uh, New York is significantly better. But New York 6-1 and one right now uh, has a pretty solid offense. They have an identity. They're able to run the football. Daniel Jones looks serviceable. Yes. Um, That's coaching. That's coaching. I think it does come down to coaching and just scheming. Um, do you think that's the type of roster in New York, though? that can sustain that type of success. Like, and we've seen now the Steelers struggle and they've hit their kind of a little bit of a wall and they're trying to break through that. But do you think New York hits a wall because of their limitations? Or do you think the scheming and the coaching can be so powerful that you can kind of get your way out of that? Um, that's actually a really good question. So, so first part, no, I don't think it's sustainable enough to win consistently against like the top tier. Regardless of record, I think even at 6-1, and one, I don't think anybody thinks that they're like a top-five team. Because, I mean, right let's now. not forget that Steelers went 10-0 to start the season. Right, and, like and, two years ago. and I think I said, no, 11-0. I think I even said that they're the worst 11-0 team to ever, right. to ever play. I, I still think that might be true. Yes. Um, but, so, so my point, I don't think, to answer your question, no, I don't think it's sustainable to where you can beat a Philly, where you can go That's beat fair. a Minnesota uh, where you can beat a Kansas City, a Buffalo, even a San Francisco. I don't think they're in that tier. But you're going to compete down at least. But I think every other, season. I think every other team they could beat realistically. Yeah, and I, I still think they'd give they'd give all those teams hell. But I don't think, I don't think realistically they can win that. But anyway, my point is, we started talking about the Steelers here. How do you fix it? Is it? I think it's the offensive coordinator. I do. Well, I would say go get a new offensive coordinator. If that doesn't work, I mean, all signs point to Tomlin and and it's not a good look when you keep replacing one position replacing one uh, position replacing one position and it just doesn't get any better right then it's like okay why do you keep blaming that if 
you know, you've tried now four of them and all four haven't worked. Like everybody knows it's simple science. When you're working, if you're trying to find the problem, you isolate one variable and you change that and you keep everything else constant. Right. What's been constant through it all? Mike Tomlin's been the head coach, but we've brought in a lot of different offensive coordinators, coordinators yeah. and that's the variable that's changing. So because we're not seeing anything from that, I think that you might look not at the be other variable. that might not be the variable that's hurting you. So, right? My thing is, I, I, <laughs> I, mean, I agree. Science, like, I think, I said, like if you're breaking it down, most scientific logically, method here. Um, here's the thing that that bugs me is that. It's the, it's the same issues from coordinator to coordinator. That's what's crazy to me, is that it's the same conservative play calling, screen passes when we shouldn't be, uh, you know, running undisguised, no numbers in our favor, inside zones just right into some big bodies. Like it's the same it's, problems no matter the coordinator. That's always, the thing. It's not that they're bad but different. They're all equally bad at the exact same thing yeah and it's it almost leads you to believe like is there something in the interview process where they just ask you a bunch of questions second and third is there second and three what are you doing oh screen pass to deontay johnson for a gain of two set up a third and one that we're not going to get no no here's here's (laughs) actually what bugs me is that it'll be we'll go i don't know like first play we're going to run right into the line of scrimmage and lose a yard second and 11 yeah that's when we decide all right, now we're going to throw a behind-the-line screen pass or we're going to throw, like, a tight end shuffle pass. Shuffle pass. And then it's, like, I don't know, like, third and nine. And we decide once again to throw, like, a flat route with no deep concept. Or they'll actually get it, like, third and one, like you mentioned, and they have a lot of plays for short yardage plays, but then they'll decide now's the time to take the shot for 75 yards down the field. And they'll miss it and punt. Of course they'll miss (laughs) it and they'll punt. He'll overthrow Claypool by about 10 yards. It's been the same problem that transcends – the OC, and that's that's the problem. I will say, from Miami standpoint, I think that was a coaching win. Um, yeah. Clearly, off script, they were not able to do anything. But the first the first three possessions that were scripted for Miami, they came out looking sharp. Yes. Now, granted, adjustments weren't there, but two is not an off script quarterback. On script, he's fantastic. And what happens when he when he was given the script? Thirteen points, three drives. I mean, like that's and that's what saved them because absolutely I mean, they clung to that. If the Steelers' offense could have done anything except you know be anemic and do nothing, um, I mean they had how many opportunities? I think they punted the ball away five times in a row when they were only down like three points, or they punted three times when they were down three, punted twice when they were down six, like and a bunch of picks. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, what are you doing? I agree. All right, uh, Niners and Chiefs. So everyone's to kind of overreact and bury the Niners. Here's my takeaway. The Chiefs, first of all, are playing better than almost anybody in the league right now. Second of all, they're healthier. And third of all, well, the, the, the Niners never do well against like the Chiefs and those high-powered offense. Right? They, they, that's not their bag. And especially if you can jump out to a lead on them, then it's really tough. Because um, then they have to play catch-up with Jimmy G. Right. Right. And that's that's not really their game. Um and, and look, let's give the Chiefs credit. Like people want to bury the Niners. I think this is more about giving the Chiefs credit. I yeah. mean, the, the, the fact, the the way they've been able to work in, McCole Hardman's been able to take a step up and be a number one. Juju Smith-Schuster looks like he's back to, you know, Pro Bowl level wide receiver. Yeah, Travis Kelsey's well. playing fantastic. They rebuilt their offensive line in a year. Um, even the running backs are playing pretty decent. Like yeah. you got to give the Chiefs credit. Yeah. The only thing that makes me mad is that there are people now, kind of. You know, bang it on the C-Mac trade. 
uh, overreacting That's not a the lot. Problem. Um, it's his first week there. He got the playbook on the plane to San Francisco. Right, he um, got it on like Wednesday. Yeah, he played like really. He played pretty well the first half. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah, for him being his first game in, he kind of looked pretty comfortable. Give him a couple weeks. I don't yeah. know what. Uh, what do you expect? Did you expect him to come to a new city, new team, new playbook, new faces, new facility, new six stadium, touchdowns. and bam, he needs to go off I all expected, game. I expected six to, touchdowns. He needs to know every single route. He needs to know every single blocking concept. For No, that's ridiculous. You imagine trying to learn a Kyle Shanahan playbook in like a couple of hours? I keep looking for my watch. It's upsetting. <laughs> Um, no, I could not imagine doing that whatsoever. That would be miserable. Um, speaking of miserable, Tom Brady was pretty miserable on Sunday. It was bad. <laughs> uh, 21-3, to lost to the lowly Panthers. Um, <laughs> the rebuilding. The, the rebuilding, starting P.J. Walker, who was most recently in the XFL, I think. I mean, come on. Um, Beats the GOAT. Mike Evans drops the touchdown pass. You could tell as soon as he dropped that, the whole team was deflated. There was no shot. Of them winning that game after. Yeah. Um, do you think it's a Brady problem? I think, I mean, I do. I do. I, when I was watching the game, I caught a lot of it because Mike Evans was on my fantasy team. That was, that hurt watching that. Um, That's tough. So I was able to see most of it and, you know, having Red Zone on, you just keep bouncing back to it. And it was such a big kind of shock to everybody that it was on. Uh, and, and his passes. It looks like he can't complete anything for accuracy over ten yards. Have you noticed? It, it's the deep just ball become has lost him a little bit. No, not a little bit. It's gone. No, like the only thing he has now are those dink and dunk plays, and they are getting blown up because there is no threat down the field. Every single safety, there, there were no safeties playing deep because they know that the only thing Tom can do right now are short timing throws underneath, and they were playing their safeties up, walked up, double coverage on a lot of receivers. So even if they did catch the ball, they were getting tackled after a step and a half anyway. Not to mention they haven't been able to run the football that effectively, and you paid not big money, but decent money to Fournette, and you haven't been able to, to run the ball, which and is kind of crazy. he showed up to training camp like 260 pounds. Yeah, he showed up like a <laughs> grizzly bear. Um, I don't think you know people... Well, the Panthers' defense is legit. Like, mm. No, they were able. I think to the scheme. Bucks' offense was just that bad. But uh, here's the here's the interesting thing, though. Once we get the predictions, we're we're split on this one. You like the Ravens, but I like the Bucks because when you're humiliated like that, oh man, like I'm I I just don't know if Brady has the juice for it though. I'm worried about I'm worried about Brady coming off a humiliating loss. Look, I, I'm like I would I would be shaking in my boots if I'm if I'm the Ravens. I mean, they got Le- they got Lamar though, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a good game this week. There's a lot of good matchups this week. That's fair. Um, okay, let's go, let's get into the other games, kind of like the less important games per se, but still still games that we want to touch on and uh, and talk about. Let's start with that Thursday night game. Um, I actually cool. lost this one in the splits. I should have known. It was Andy Dalton in primetime, and that's on me. That's on me. Um, <laughs> he did not look good. <laughs> he really didn't. Two pick sixes. Here's the crazy party. Now, granted, this isn't a fantasy football show, but um, he put up, like, major fantasy football numbers because he had, still had, like, three touchdowns and, like, 300 yards passing, uh, like, two, 250, something like that. Yeah. Um, like, a decent game statistically outside of the three picks <laughs> and the two pick sixes. Um, theory, though, real quick while we're on the subject, you should get docked extra points if your quarterback in fantasy throws a pick that ends up in six points on the same exact play. If it's a pick six, I'm sorry. You should get docked more points. Yeah. It, you should uh, get docked a full six points. Yeah, you should. It, it, Especially on one where you like where you, you throw an out route that you know you shouldn't throw, and it goes to the hizzy, like <laughs> 80% of picks 
pick sixes are. Um, it just looked he he looked really inconsistent throughout that entire yeah, game, and, and the Cardinals didn't even look good. The Cardinals mm-hmm. didn't even look that good, uh, but they were able to to beat the at, failing Saints there. At, at least they figured out their offense a little bit, makes them more watchable. Yeah, um, we kind of already touched on the Packers losing the Commanders there. It didn't look good for Aaron or the young receivers. Um, how about the Falcons? Uh, you know, so that was one of our bets that didn't hit because they were at that point six and zero against the yeah. yeah six and zero against the spread. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, they got walloped. Joe Burrow threw for over four hundred yards, which is just insane when you really think about it. Um, I mean, he had a really good game. Here's the thing about the Falcons. They actually didn't play bad. Their defense just couldn't stop a nosebleed, and they lost the turnover battle. I mean, honestly, that was – did they lose the turnover battle? No, they actually didn't even turn the ball over. Nobody turned the ball over. Wow, what a clean game. Um, I'm thinking thinking third downs, I think. They weren't as efficient. That's what I was thinking. So, weren't as good on third down. Um, But at the end of the day, I mean, Mariota still played pretty well. They they lost time possessions. That, that, you know, that'll – That'll be a factor. Yeah. Um, but if you can't stop Burrow, that's that, that's pretty much game. I think that game was more about how good Joe Burrow and the Bengals are becoming right now more than it was about, you know, the Falcons taking a little bit of a step back. Um, I mean, we, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, that connection is irreplaceable right now. And it looks like the strongest in the AFC, I would say. I think Diggs and Allen have a have a – Argument, but I, I think you're. I don't think you're far off. Yeah, we kind of got screwed by the injury report here. Uh, two guys were listening as like questionable slash doubtful, but like were game time decisions. The top two corners for the Falcons. Of course, they didn't play. You know, great luck for us. Um, either way, Bengals win 35-17. The Giants go to Jacksonville and win 23-17. We got, we kind of touched about how. Um, God, the coaching's just fantastic. Brian they just Dayball scheme, is the guy. They there. just scheme their way to just good positional football. Yep. Just good situationally. That last play was wildly entertaining. Um, right down to what, the, like the one yard line couldn't get in for Jacksonville. Um, so Jacksonville had what? They were like two and two at one point, or maybe even two and one. Mm-hmm. And they've lost three or four straight. So tough to see there. I think they'll turn it around. Here's the thing they're in football games. That's a yeah. step in the right direction, right? They're, nobody thought they were a playoff team this year, right? No. They're, they're still three, four years away from actually being a real competitive team. Eh, three years. Well, on the flip side, though. I can't wait to see what Brian Dayball does with, like, two or three drafts uh, under his belt in New York. Especially I can't they, wait to see what he can build there, kind of to, to kind of get the scheme he wants. I feel like he has something he wants. He's just doing what he, what he, can. What he can with what he has. I think, I think eventually they're going to want they're, – they're going to move on to a more talented quarterback. Sure. You could argue Dan Jones is fine in this system, but at the end of the day, like, you want a more talented quarterback, so it'll be interesting to Especially see what he does. Especially this year. Yeah, it's interesting to watch. Good draft. Uh, the Titans – have quietly won four in a row. They're up to four and two. Um, they beat the Colts nineteen to ten. The Colts are, of course, going to bench Matt Ryan. Sam Ellinger will get the start. Um, Ryan had a dislocated shoulder, so he, he would have been out this week anyway with an injury. But yeah. going forward, it'll be Sam Ellinger. Don't love the direction of that franchise. Titans get the dub, and will probably win that division. Um, the Ravens, uh, another stupidly close game. Yeah. They were up ten points in the fourth quarter. Of course, they let up a touchdown late, um, so they don't cover. Thank God I didn't, we bet, didn't bet on this bet on them this week, but um, they didn't cover. They win 23-20 against the Browns. A win's the win nonetheless. Lions-Cowboys, I'm not even going to talk about it much. That was probably the most boring game of the day. Jared Goff sucks, um, and the front seven for the Cowboys is good. That, that was the whole story of the game. Yeah, the, the Cowboys were struggling for a while there. They couldn't get anything going on offense in that first half. Dak looked like... You know, like he didn't look great until the second half, until they got up by like a little bit, and then a lot of garbage time. Because he looked like Dak. Yes, he looked like Dak. 
Um, all right, the Jets beat the Broncos. Um, this is one that you actually took the Broncos on. You also kind of got screwed by injury. Ross didn't end up playing. Brett yeah. Rippin, Ripon played. Um, I'm not sure it would have mattered all that much just because I don't think Russ is, right now at least, he's not playing much better than a Brett Rippon or whatever. Yeah, I mean, he has uh, not showed that he's got it at all this yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it is what it is, but that's just the fact of the matter. The Jets' defense is playing really, really well, and they're basically hiding the ball from Zach Wilson. Uh, unfortunate news, though, they will lo- uh, lose the rookie running back, Brees Hall, for oh, the year of the torn ACL. He's been one of the most efficient backs on a per-carry basis, so that, that sucks for him. And then ripping off that huge run, too. Yeah. Oh, I mean, my gosh. He's, he's been playing well, and that's unfortunate for them. But they did go out and get James Robinson, the running mm-hmm. back from uh, from Jacksonville, who was kind of splitting time with ETN, starting to kind of lose the battle a little bit. Um, so Jeff give up what, I think, like a fifth and a sixth or something like that for him. That's a good yeah. move for both sides. Uh, Texans at the Raiders, a game I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest, I didn't watch a single snap of. Yeah. Um, so I really have nothing to say here. I mean, if you're just looking at the score, 38-20 Raiders, well, yeah, they're a more talented roster. I mean, this is they're, they're too talented to not win games. That's my takeaway kind of from the Raiders season. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's going to be rocky, and they're not they're not very good on defense, especially in the secondary and on the lines, to be able to compete with the big boys. Yeah. But they're too talented to not beat up on, on, on some teams, and the Texans are one of those teams that they can beat up on. Right. I watched like 30 seconds of this game, probably total. Red Zone showed it. It was probably the least viewed game uh, of the day out of all of them. <laughs> I wonder if you can get stats on uh-huh. how many times they go to a game. I yeah. Wonder if, I wonder if Red Zone does that. It'd be, we'll it, try to find that for next It was episode. probably the least cut-to game, though. Um, and it was just... You know, Derek Carter, Devontae Adams, get a couple here. A, a lot of that connection. Um, the, the, def- the pass rush for uh, for Houston kind of got to to Carr a little bit. He had to go out for a couple of plays to start the game. Did he? Like after the set, I think it was like the second or third play of the game, he got sacked by J.J. Watt and had to leave. Mm. So Big body. Yeah. Um, Seahawks go to L.A. and beat the Chargers. 37-23. Look, we got to be honest, Geno Smith is pretty decent, and now they can run the football with Kenneth Walker, so kind of a surprise of the league right there for Seattle. Obviously, the Steelers lose to the Dolphins, and finally on Monday Night Football, Patriots uh, almost, without explanation, get rocked by the Bears. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a that's a coaching loss. Um, to be fair, the quarterback play wasn't great, but you're supposed to be able to run the ball and stop the run if you're a Bill Belichick team, and they weren't able to do either. Um, so to me, that comes down to coaching. But hey, what do I know? I haven't won six Super Bowls, so whatever. Yeah, it was just odd to see Bill drop that to a younger quarterback uh, in and Justin Fields, and, and just, yeah, yeah, young coach. Um, definitely not the pedigree of a Bill Belichick. But in the third segment, guys, we're going to have all of our predictions for Week Eight of the NFL. Uh, stick around for that, and then at the very end of this uh, third segment coming up, we will have Week Eight bets on a budget. Hopefully finally going to turn things around uh so we will see you guys in the third segment here we go third segment on thursday what october 27th uh last episode in october then we will be moving in to november football season will be i guess the intensity will be heightened um, you know, uh, getting closer and closer to teams battling it out for playoff spots and wild card races and all that. So, oh, it's, it's a great time to be, to yeah, great time to be a sports fan. NFL is yep. in full swing. Um, we have the the World Series starting tomorrow. Yeah, uh, Philly going to Houston for two, um, back to Philly for three, and then of course back to Houston for the last two if it makes it there. Um, who do you like in that, real quick? Houston is just on fire right now. Yeah, it, and I know, I know that I, I love Philly. 
they're playing with the spirit, and they, they make it really easy to root for. But I, but I am going to go ahead and take the, the pitching and the experience of uh, of Houston. Yeah, it's. I'll go. I'll go. I'll, I think Philly puts up a fight. Though. I'll go Houston in seven. I think it goes the distance. Oh, I think it's going to go at least six or seven. At least six. Um, but I could very well see that going to seven. Uh, in this segment, though, we got all of the predictions for Week Eight of the NFL. Um, some good matchups. Previewing it, there were a couple where we were back and forth. I know that you were yeah, back we're and forth on a few. On, uh, we're split on three. Yeah, split on three, back and forth on a couple. Um, see how it goes. All right, let's go. All right, so we'll start off with the Thursday night game, of course, tonight uh, with the Ravens at the Buccaneers. First of all, we're split on the Thursday night game for a second straight week. This you won well. Yeah, you won last night's Thursday night. I will go ahead and take the Buccaneers at home to bounce back off of a humiliating loss. I think mm. now I used this logic last week and it didn't work. Um, <laughs> but Tom off a loss is usually fantastic. I think here's the thing though: when you lose to Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, it's like okay, all right, it's a good organization. They have a really strong defense. You know, yeah. we, we played okay, and like I still they weren't quite at rock bottom yet. And then you and then you lose at Carolina to PJ Walker. Now that that. that that's rock bottom. And I think for me, um, the thing about Brady and I think Burrow has this quality too is when their back is against the wall, that's when they're at their best. I think that's what separates Brady. Um, and, and and I think his back's against the wall here. I think if you go three and five yeah. through eight weeks, that's tough. That's tough to come back from. Um, so I do think his back's against the wall, and I, I think he's going to respond well. I think the Bucks win in a really really close game. Oh, I don't know. I just. I can't bet against Lamar and Baltimore right now. Um, you know, this roster, healthy, um, starting to roll now, getting into, you know, mid-season form, I, it's really hard to take anybody but Lamar, uh, yeah. especially against an aging Brady who I have my concerns with. I talked about it a little bit uh, when we were recapping uh, in the second segment. But, look, I just don't, I don't think he has the same juice. He doesn't, he doesn't throw the deep ball nearly as well. He's not hitting on it many throws over I guess 10 to 12 yards uh everything seems to be short and I just have to roll with Baltimore that's fair um can't really blame you there so I, I just feel you know I'll, go, I'll roll with Brady so let's go Broncos at the Jags we both like the Jags here uh, first of all the Broncos with with Ross injured I don't know um I think he's questionable right now but I, either way I think even if he plays I don't think the offense is dynamic yeah especially if now if he doesn't play that's an obvious Jacksonville but I think even if he does play, I'm still going with Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, I'd take Jacksonville either way. Um, I just don't like anything that the Broncos have going offensively. That's fair. As a whole, <laughs> as a unit. Let's go with um, let's go Cardinals at the Vikings. Vikings off a bye. We're both going to roll with the Vikings here. Um, like I said, off a bye, they've been, well, I mean, good coaches have been really good off a bye. And I think Kevin O'Connell is a good coach. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just I, Arizona hasn't done it consistently. They put up that one really good game this past this past week, put up what forty two. And that's Kyler's. That's that's the big thing that's killing them. Yeah, I don't know. No, I'll roll with the Vikings. Um, Bears at the Cowboys. We'll both take the Cowboys here. I think the Bears that that doesn't happen again. Like them winning in Foxborough. That <laughs> no. just that isn't. That's not sustainable, and it's not something that they've been able to do consistently, and that they won't do consistently. Cowboys have too good of a front seven to get run on like that and to allow Justin Fields any little sliver of comfortability in the in the pocket. So Cowboys um, win pretty handily. Yeah, here. that pass rush is going to overwhelm the Bears. Let's go with the, uh, the, the Panthers at the Falcons. So the Falcons at home have been a really, really good football team. Um, they can run the ball 
they seem like they run the ball better at home. I don't know if it's snap counts. I don't know if it's just <laughs> they're just comfortable. Um, but they're better running the ball at home. And Mariota at home has been a really, really fantastic quarterback. Pass rating yeah. above 110, I want to say. Um, so I'll roll with the Falcons That's here to big. beat the Panthers. Yeah, yeah I, I like that. And it's one of the uh, bets we have later. So Yeah, we'll get to that um, obviously later in this segment. But I, I, I do like them at, at minus five. Uh, Raiders at the Saints were split on this one, too. I'll pick the Saints at home. Uh, Vegas is favored by a point and a half. I just like the Saints at home. Um, they're going to get healthier on defense, which is going to be big. I think they get Marshawn Lattimore back um, to combat the Devontae Adams, you know, the headache that he will he will inevitably create. And I think Cal- uh, Alvin Kamara is going to run the football. The, the Raiders' run defense is awful. Um, so I'll go with the Saints to run the football. Defense is coming back. They're at home. New Orleans over Vegas. Why do you like the Raiders? I just like the Raiders because of the Devontae Adams factor. Uh, the connection between Devontae and um, and Derek Carr is only getting better. Uh, they they did all right last week, and, I mean, there were no big missteps. They won how they should have against the Houston team. Right. So I think this week is kind of going to be the same thing. Look, the Saints have a, have a big question mark at QB. Who is it? Is it going to be Taysom, or is it? Or like, I think it's probably going to be Andy Dalton again, but I don't know if I feel good about that. I'm betting on Andy Dalton for the second week in a row. Yeah, that's tough. I, I like the Raiders. Let's go with the Patriots at the Jets here. We both like the Pats, actually. Um, so the Jets have been playing well. Yeah, that that's all you know, good and well. But uh, at the end of the day, we know what Belichick does to young quarterbacks. And now you're going to say, what about Justin Fields? Justin Fields did not win that football game on, on Monday. Yeah. That was a, that was a running game, you know, defense win for <laughs> Chicago. That yeah. was not, Hey, um, you know, Bill Belichick couldn't stop Justin Fields. Right. I, I, I think right. he's going to fluster Zach Wilson and he always owns Jets quarterbacks for some reason. Um, that's, that's not even a, uh, a question. My big thing is the Jets are not going to be, able to sustain any sort of running game i don't think um, especially with Brees hall out now that, that's going to be the big that's going to be huge um, i think that, that's a bigger loss than people think I, yes uh he was kind of almost the heartbeat the of that, that offense yeah uh for a little bit there and you know sucks to see him go out but so yeah i think we'll both take the pats there next favorite by a point and a half which is kind of crazy um all right let's go with the dolphins at the lions we're both going to take the dolphins now i was thinking about the lions because this is kind of a little bit of a trap game right you're coming off a Sunday night win at home versus yeah, Pittsburgh. But now you got to go to Detroit. Um, that'd be tough. But at the end of the day, they are a more talented roster, and the Lions might be without Amon Ross St. Brown, who's trying to get out of concussion protocol. Yes. It'll be game time thing. Um, to I mean, to me, the Dolphins are a, a better football team. I worry with Tua off script because you saw they scripted the it, first it three drives. <laughs> Fantastic. Rest of the game, awful. So I do worry about that, but... I just got to roll with the more talented team and what I think is the better coach as well. Yeah. Um, Steelers at the Eagles. I mean, Eagles. Eagles. <laughs> uh, I don't think the Steelers does have... It need, does it need description? I mean, I don't think the Steelers have anything to compete with this Eagles roster right now. It, it's. I'd love to be optimistic, uh, you know, 93-7 the fan here and be like, well, they actually have a chance, Pony. <laughs> like, mm, no, they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. No. Um, uh, going If it was in Pittsburgh, I'd give them a sliver of a shot. It's not, though. It's in Philly. No. That's no. that's a tough spot for a young oh, quarterback. Oh, oh, and the Eagles are coming off a bye. Oh. Yeah, no, that'll work out well. Um, all right, let's go with the Titans at the Texans. Both the Titans here, they've actually quietly ripped off four straight wins. Their defense is playing a lot better. Um <laughs> Ryan Tannehill's serviceable, and that, that's about all you can say. He's serviceable. He's winning games. Yeah. 
Um, more so than I can say for Davis Mills. So I guess we'll roll with the Titans. Niners at the Rams here. I was thinking about the Rams. I was going to go Rams off a bye because McVay and, again, good coaches off a bye are fantastic. But when it's Kyle Shanahan. But unfortunately, Kyle Shanahan's won, what, like seven or eight straight against yeah. McVay? And it's getting ridiculous at this point. And this 49ers defense, and I think what McCaffrey will be able to add over the coming weeks is just going to be it's going to be one of the best rosters in the NFC. I mean, they are going to be a really clear-cut competitor to go deep in the playoffs. So all things equal, um, I think obviously Shanahan has shown he's at least head-to-head have been a better coach than McVay. But I think Shanahan off a loss might be more scary to me than McVay off a bye. <laughs> a little bit, because he's coming back with something to prove. Yeah. All right, Giants at the Seahawks. So we're split on this one as well. This will be our third split. Um, you like the Giants. Yes. Six and one Giants. Um, why? We've talked about it all show. Brian Dable. Um, he's got that offense playing at a really, really good level right now, uh, especially with a really middle-of-the-road guy in Daniel Jones. Right. It's really impressive what he's done. Uh, they they give Saquon the ball a, a fair amount of the time, and he's usually able to rip off you know four or five, if not break one. He's been um, really, really efficient this year. That's true. Yeah, he's back to himself, and, and it looks good for, for New York, and I don't, I don't see them losing that. So I'll go with Seattle. Um... I'm going to go with Seattle just because, first of all, actually, right now, Geno Smith is a better quarterback than Daniel Jones, so I'll take Geno Smith, um, and they can run the football. And so now I worry about with the defensive front of the Giants, it's going to be tough sledding, but the two rookie tackles for Seattle have been fantastic. Yeah. I think they're going to have a nice game. Um, I think it's a close game for sure, you know, like a like a 28-25 type of game. I think it's yep. close. I think Seattle will make one more play. I think they're a little bit more experienced. We'll go with Seattle over the Giants. Okay. Um, all right, the Colts at – I'm sorry, the Commanders at the Colts. Um, we're both going to take the Commanders here. Now, the Colts are favored by three, and at home they've been a much better team. But um, the Colts are starting Sam Ellinger. So, I, I don't I, – he's never thrown an NFL pass. Now, granted, no. he was okay at Texas. Again, okay at Texas. He wasn't, you know, a stud. He wasn't – And that's a, that's a Big 12 school. You're yeah, not exactly playing right. the best of the, the best of the best yeah. there. Um, and then you're saying, oh, well, Mahomes, Mahomes was too. Yeah, Mahomes was thrown for like 600 yards though, so. <laughs> he kind of stood out a little bit. Right. Uh, Ellinger I, I was known for being better at running the ball than throwing the ball. A little Taysom Hill quality to him. Um, so I And I worry about against the front seven and watching how that's going to go. Yeah, that's not exactly I'll, what Indy needs either, though. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the commanders in a more experienced team um, over the Colts. 100% agree. Let's go with the Packers at the Bills. I, I don't think there's much to be said here. The Packers are, are playing bad football. They're good. You, you tell me what they're good at, and we'll have a discussion about this. I, I, I don't think there's anywhere that they excel at. I think that Buffalo it's, excels at almost every position group. So, I, I mean, I think Buffalo wins by, like, two or three touchdowns here. Yeah. I mean, they're a 10-and-a-half-point favorite. I think they probably even cover. I mean, that's not a bet. We'll get to our bets later. That's not one of them. Um, but that's an interesting line. I'll take Buffalo handily. Look, I think Buffalo is going to get out to a hot start, and Aaron is just not going to be able to keep the composure or get it even close to together. Yeah. Um, and Buffalo is going to run away with it. Yeah, and that's oh, that, that that's in Buffalo. Rookie receivers in Buffalo yeah. on Sunday Night Football. Okay, for sure. Um, all right, let's go with the <laughs> Bengals. The, the Bengals at the Browns. That's a Bengals win. Joe Burrow and that, that offense is clicking. They have found it. They are back in rhythm. Yeah. Um, and they will be just fine. That, that's a team that keeps your eye on to win the division, to win the uh, NFC North there. Um, he's probably the best quarterback in that division. Well, I mean, he cer- certainly is right now. I think going forward he is as well. You could even argue that he's top three in the league right now. He's playing that well. 16 touchdowns, one turnover. Um, since that week one 
you know, kind of dud, but then again, he had surgery in the offseason. Yeah. So since that game, since he's kind of, you know, started to get back in the flow of things, he's been fantastic. Uh, Bengals over the Browns. Do you agree? Man? Oh, 100%. Perfect. Yeah, just the Browns sure. are not winning. Cool. Just making sure we're on the same page there. Um, but don't go anywhere, though, because we still have our bets on a budget here, uh, you know, coming up. Um, I do want to talk about one thing real quick, though. One of the games I was looking at, where's it at here? Oh, with the Steelers-Eagles, right? So let's do a little, little mini preview, right? I wanted to spend like a minute on this. Our run defense is not good. Like, it's not good. And they put up 156 yards on the ground because this is a little prop bet I want to do right? kind of before um, we get into betting. What This isn't going to be an official bet. 156 yards on the ground for Philly. We give up 120. Huh. Our linebackers have been playing very eh. And that's not exactly good. So so I don't even know what the prop bet is right now. Um, but off the top of my head, it's probably somewhere around like Miles Sanders, like 80, maybe like 73 and a half, maybe. Ugh. No, probably even less than that. It's probably close to around 53 and a half. And I'd smack it right now. I'm just saying. I think it's interesting. I mean, what do you think the odds on that would be? I don't know. Probably around plus. I don't know. Okay, other way. Let's let's get into bets. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> bets on a budget here in, uh, what, week eight now. Okay, so first bet. <clears throat> let's go with Atlanta minus five at home versus Carolina. First of all, Atlanta six and one against the spread this year. Really nice team covering the spread. Um, remember, good teams win, great teams cover. So um, <laughs> Atlanta's been good for for those that have been betting them this year. Um, and at home, they've been a really, really solid football team. I mean, you got to think yeah. they beat they beat Carolina at home. Now, I don't think Cleveland's great, but Cleveland can run the ball a little bit. They're certainly talented on their roster. They beat them at home. So, I mean, that's a decent team at home. And Carolina, look, at the end of the day, we don't expect them to win like they did this past yeah. week. I mean, that's not that's not Carolina as no. a team. I think that's more of an anomaly than, you know, than Atlanta. So, I, I think Atlanta's the better team here. I think they'll win um, by about a touchdown. We'll go like 27-20 Atlanta. So. Yeah, and on top of that, they don't have to see uh, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase this week in the Bengals. So. Definitely a little bit more of a BB gun offense with Carolina. <laughs> and Just they should get their two top corners back, so that'll be big. Yeah, it'll be all right, let's go with the Vikings minus four at home versus Arizona. Coming off a bye with all that talent, um, Kevin O'Connell's going to have time to scheme up a lot. Everybody's uh, rested. Yeah, and here's the thing though uh, about Arizona: they are they they will have a long week because they did have the Thursday night game, so they'll be rested as well, not quite as rested. And uh, I just think the bye is going to do the Vikings really, really well. And good coaches off a bye are generally fantastic. And I personally think that Kevin O'Connell is going to be a really, really good coach and already is. Um, So I think we're going to kind of see that in evidence here. They'll win, you know, nothing crazy. I don't think they cover by a lot. But, you know, like a a 28-23 type of game, and uh, and they'll cover. Yeah, I like that. I mean, the Vikings have been good. And mm-hmm. they've been kind of proving us right all year so far. So I really hope we go five and zero this week. Just, that would be just so to get nice. back on track. Oh. All right, let's go with Washington. Uh, they're they're plus money. They're plus one fifteen on the money line at Indianapolis. Look, Indy's going to start Sam Ellinger, who I don't think has ever thrown a regular season uh, pass in the NFL. So I don't think that's going to go very well. No, it's uh, not the recipe for success. <laughs> Washington's front seven is really really solid. Um, and not to mention they get some guys back that were injured on the front seven, so that'll be helpful. Taylor Heineke's a baller. He'll go out there, and he'll he'll sling the ball down the field a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I think Washington squeaks out a close one, you know, like like a 19-17 weird type of game. Hey, we just need uh, the win. We just need the win. Just we need just the win. need the win. They're actually, you know, 
uh, favored. Or no, I'm sorry, they're they're dogs by like three points. Are they? Actually? So, yeah. Okay. Um, all right, let's go with under 40 and a half in the New England at the Jets game. So the Jets, first of all, their offense hasn't been very explosive. Now, they control the ball. They're going to run the football. Zach Wilson's going to make just enough throws to win. Yeah. But they're not putting up 20, 25 points, and neither is New England. Um, New England's going to, again, run the football, play it slow. So New England's defense is going to fluster Zach Wilson. He's not going to be able to put up points. And we know New England's offense isn't very good, and the Jets' defense is good. So this is good defense versus bad offense on both sides of the ball here. Um, I don't, I'm not sure where the points are going to come from. I think it's like a, a 13-10 type of game, yeah. low scoring. Uh, I'm not sure who wins. I'm staying away from that. But I think it's definitely going to be under 40 and a half. Yeah, I don't see any of those really becoming like high-powered, high-charged offensive games. Yeah. I don't think so. And on either side. Let's go with um, over 43.5 in the Pittsburgh at Philadelphia game. Here's the thing. I actually think Pittsburgh's going to put up about 17, anywhere from 17 to 20 points. And I know Philly's going to put up probably 30-plus. Easy. And so <laughs> all Pittsburgh has to do is put up like 13, 14 points. And I think they will. I think, you know, I, uh, I'll i call it like a 35-16 game. Yeah. Um, like I think, I think Pittsburgh gets throttled. Um, but I think over 43.5 just because I know Philly's going to score. And I think Pittsburgh's going to be good enough to score. 14, 15 points is all they're going to need to. Yeah, right. Um, it's going to get ugly. Yeah, but I think I think over is the bet earlier. there. So to go through them, we'll have Atlanta minus 5, uh, Minnesota minus 4, Washington plus 115 on the money line, under 40.5 in the New England at the Jets, and over 43.5 in Pittsburgh at Philly to round out our bets on a budget looking to get back on track. I like that. Um, guys, that's pretty much all we have for you today. Uh, it was a great episode. So if for some reason you just listened to bets, just go back. We have all the standalone videos uh, posted on YouTube, or you can watch the full episode basically anywhere. Uh, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, listen on Amazon Music, watch us on Spotify, YouTube, and uh, Amazon Prime Video. So, guys, thank you so much. Uh, make sure you're going to theissuesports.com, checking out all the latest from all the social medias there. And uh, we will see you guys next week. And that was The Issue.